Welcome to our special edition episode of Bird Bros. Behind Enemy Lines. This week we have a Panthers fan on, and for our listeners who who come from the Collie.com, he's a Collie bro as well. So it's just me, Ron Brown, tonight. Also AV once again, and our our guest is Pat. He's a Panthers fan. He goes by Henry Orbit on the Collie.com, which is a forum that uh, we all frequent. Talk trash about Fal- Falcons and Panthers, Saints, all the teams. So uh, thanks for coming on tonight, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me on tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, AV, I know the Carolina connection is uh, is evident with us. I know Trent, he's not on tonight, but he's from Charlotte. We met in college at uh, North Carolina Central, myself and Trent. But also give us uh, your North Carolina connection, AV, before we start. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, to Mr. Henry Orbert for joining us on the podcast. Shout out to the other Panthers bros on thekali.com. I know we talk a lot of trash, but it's all love. Um, no, nah, my Carolina connection, man. Shout out to Greensboro 336. I went to college, Guilford College, in uh, in the triad. So shout out to High Point, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, uh, Guilford College Road, West Friendly. Shout out to ANC. Shout out to uh, UNCG. Um, but, yeah, shout out to, to Greensboro 336, everybody up there. Got family in Columbia. So, you know, South Carolina. So big shouts out to the Carolinas. Yeah, we got to show the Carolina love, South Carolina and North Carolina. But, uh, you know, we're going to go and go ahead into the trash talk as well. But, uh, yo, Pat, go ahead and give us a breakdown of you, man. How long have you been a Panthers fan? Give us a favorite player or two over the years. Um, we were talking before we broadcasted about how you hated Mike Vick back in the day when the Panthers weren't so good. But uh, give us your, your history as a, as a Panthers fan. Uh, I've been following them since I was a kid, like uh, since they started, which is 95. Frank Wright days, Frank Wright, Jack Trudeau, Kerry Collins. Um, probably my favorite. I always said my favorite player in franchise history was probably uh, Julius Peppers. But then, you know, he kind of went off on his own ways. After that, it's probably Steve Smith. You you took it back to the early days, 95, back when, like you said, Kerry Collins and those guys. Right, right. So thank, thank you for that. We appreciate you taking your time. Uh, we're just going to. Started off, man, as a quick breakdown of the teams. As everybody knows, the Panthers are 12-0. First in the NFC South, first in the NFL. Cam is dabbed all over all over the NFL, over the world. And if you ask certain people, he's pelvic thrusted as well, offending little <laughs> girls. But, uh, yeah, Panthers are 12-0. We, we got to get them their respect, show them their love. The Falcons are sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, This game is just uh, another... It'll be a chance for the Panthers just to bolster that lead and coast into the playoffs where the Falcons are probably still fighting for their playoff lives, as slim as it may be. So uh, this game coming up, week 13, we thought week 14, excuse me, we thought it would be a, a, a division, a game for the division title. But as I just stated, it's not looking like that uh, coming uh, on Sunday. But still a rivalry game. They're one of our biggest rivals, probably our second biggest rival, and we don't really like them. Even if Cam went to Westlake High School and all this, we, we don't have much love for them right now. But you know, I go ahead you know I, I, we got to keep it real on, on the bros. That's how we do. But but uh, AV man, you know I kind of broke down both of the teams to get this W on Sunday to end this this 12 and 0 streak and give the uh, 72 Dolphins their annual party. <clears throat> What will the Falcons have to do to exploit uh, these Panthers, man? 
Man, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I think it's funny because when we came into the season, um, you know, the Panthers ended last season by beating the Falcons to clinch the division, giving them back-to-back division titles, um, and knocking the playoff, knocking the Falcons from getting into the playoffs. So I think coming into this year, you know, the Panthers they lost, um, they lost uh, Kelvin Benjamin to uh, you know ACL injury. Um, you know, obviously they were looking at. Filling him with some some you know unheralded guys at, at wide receiver, but the team the Panthers are just they're a phenomenal team. Uh, I think if you look at how do you try to stop them, um, you have to look at one how do you slow down Cam Newton. Uh, and as any, anybody on the collie knows, I'm obviously not a big big Cam Newton fan, um, but you got to give him his you got to give him his credit, you got to give him his props, um, despite the numbers. Because the numbers paint a different picture, you got to give him credit for what he's been able to do with that team. Um, you got to find a way to slow him down and try to make everybody else beat you. So, you know, um, that that's really really what it comes down to. So, you know, the Falcons have talked a lot about that they have a good plan for how to slow Cam down. Um, you know, Cam's not the most accurate guy in the world. So, you know, how can we translate that into getting him off the field? Us putting together some long drives. Um, it's funny because you look at the Panthers, how they played this season. Earlier this year, they had a lot of close victories, a lot of really, you know, nail-biter type wins. They, when they, they got past the Saints at home, got past the Jags on the road, you know, a lot of different games that were really close at the end. But now they're just steamrolling folks. So we've got to find a way where, how we can slow them down, but also slow down Cam, who at this point, and I hate to say this because y'all know how I feel about Cam, but at this point he's the MVP of the league. So how can you slow that guy down is the only way the Falcons are going to have a chance. So, uh, Pat, you heard what A.V. said. Is he right on his uh, observations or assumptions about this team? Or, you know, will will the likes of Jonathan Stewart, Cam, uh, defense aside, do they do their thing? Or how how would you assess A.V.'s uh, observation about the team? Yeah, I think he's spot on. Panthers kind of like Voltron. Like, you got to cut the head off. So pretty much – how do you make? How do you frustrate Cam Newton? Because not only like uh, he's, I mean, he's been playing impressive with the guys that's just like the skill guys that are surrounding him. But like, I mean, you also got to worry about him throwing the ball and running. I believe we're, we're, we're the number one rush offense in the league. So if you can figure out a way how to stop a rush attack, if you can kind of get us down early and have him pass the ball, I believe the Panthers or the Falcons have a chance to win. Hmm, so. That's something I, I haven't heard. We, we we hear that this Panthers team is a juggernaut and you know, yeah, Super offensively, Bowl team we're and a, offensively we're a juggernaut. But it, I think the one thing is that most teams haven't been able to do this season be able to stop a running game, which is pretty much the foundation to our offensive success. So that running game is something that people got to key in on. So uh, in addition to the running game, is there another, I guess, uh, Achilles heel or something that the Falcons can exploit when they're, you know, playing Panthers on Sunday that we may not know about as casual viewers and just seeing the highlights every week. Well, I mean, if you can, like I said, if you can just shut down the running game and you can trick, like, I guess, get up on us early, quick. I mean, teams have done that before earlier in the season to be able to come back. But if you get into the point where Cam's going to have to throw, I don't think he's thrown maybe once this year over 40 times. If you can just kind of strictly have turn this into a passing offense, like, I, I just think, like, maybe the, the Falcons probably have a good chance of winning the game. But it's just that we've been it, – it's a it's a ball-controlled offense. So, um, pretty much we're just trying to eat up time on the clock, keep your, uh, keep our defense off the field and fresh. 
if you can just kind of consistently get us three and outs and get our defense on the field a lot, just think y'all got a chance to win. I mean, you say that, man, and I think back on our, our discussions of our defense over the weeks, A.V., and, you know, I don't know if I wanted to be a passing game. The way our, our deep, well, you know, you got True Font, who's been a, a stalwart, but, you know, Jalen Collins has been shaky. Our, our secondary is not the greatest, and, of course, we don't have that great of a pass rush, so, yeah, that still could be interesting if we force Cam to throw it, but we don't know yet. Maybe that'll be a game plan. We see uh, Richard Smith and company, and Dan Quinn as well, uh, exploit on Sunday. And, and, guys, I think an interesting point, too, is even when we talk about, you know, you look at Cam's stats, and, and they are what they are, but if we talk about putting him in a situation where he has to throw, let, let me throw this out at you. Cam Newton's total quarterback rating in the fourth quarter is 98.8. He is the number one ranked quarterback in the entire league in the fourth quarter. So if you look at some of the most recent games where the, the Panthers have had a situation where they've either trailed or been tied in the fourth quarter, think about the Colts game at home. Think about the game most recently with the Saints where they were down 14-0. Um, think about those type of situations where he has had to throw and he has had to get them back in the game. So for me, if you look at the last few years, like last year in the fourth quarter, he was a 67.5 QBR. The year before that, a 40.6. year before that, 51.3. So him being clutch in the fourth quarter was never part of his game. I think that's the thing that's been probably, even to somebody who's an admitted Cam hater, has been probably the most impressive thing that he's done has been the fact that he's been able to throw and be more consistent in the fourth quarter. So we've got to do a lot to disrupt what he wants to do offensively. We know that his skill guys are probably not you know in the top while receiving tandems. Do we have anybody who can stop Greg Olson? That remains to be seen. I think Greg Olson's going to have a big game against us. And can we slow down, uh, to Henry's point, can we slow down their running game? But uh, it's going to take a total team effort. Like, it's going to take everybody flying to the ball. We can't have a third and 19 like we had against the, the Bucks, where we allow Cam to get out of numerous sack attempts. He's able to dance around and make a play. We got to get, you know, all the helmets got to be on the ball and we got to bring them down. Because there's going to be plays where, we get a hand on him, but can we bring him down? And I think that's going to be the biggest question. Yeah, he's definitely a guy you got to give respect to. He's probably an MVP guy and everything. I wanted to ask you, uh, Pat, about Josh Norman. I know that, you know, different corners around the league, you got a guy like Richard Sherman who only plays one side of the field. I know Josh Norman's been matched up against other top receivers, but is he a guy who will um, be guarding Julio Jones? I'm not sure. I'm. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll he'll guard Julio this week. Okay. So was, that'll be a good matchup. Josh Norman is probably going to get a big contract or get a franchise tag after the season. So that'll be the, the, a good matchup. I mean, he's probably been the best cover corner this season. And then you got Julio who leads the league in catches and having another impressive year statistically as well. So. That'll be a great matchup, the yeah. Norman and Jones. I don't know if you saw the the I guess they interviewed Julio today. He didn't really make too big of a deal about the matchup this week, but um, yeah, Josh, he was on uh, ESPN a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that Julio completes him. <laughs> I, I think I saw that quote as well. I don't even know what that meant, like how do, what he meant by that statement. But I, I think he what he meant by it was like. That's that's one guy that he really gets up for. Okay. And, like, it just takes him to another place, like, that he wants to, you know, show his worth against. 
Man, you know what? I want to you. I want to think back to the preseason. I remember Cam and Josh Norman got into it. Did Cam slamming Josh turf rattle his brains and like make him become the best corner in the league or something? <laughs> I mean, it may have. Maybe he's done something to it. Maybe he like used some of his Superman powers and seeped it into him. <laughs> but uh, no, what, uh, what's happened is is that uh, I believe it was he. He was he's. Been here since I want to say Cam. He's him and Cam came in with the team together. I believe uh, they were drafted together. He was a sixth round pick. I think he was a sixth round pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's always had talent. He's a long rangy corner, but he was just always kind of freelance and didn't really play into the system. So he was always in Ron Rivera's doghouse. So, uh, it took, I guess, uh, I think it was the Ravens game last year. When uh, Steve Smith had just went crazy on us, and they finally, uh, I forget, I think it was Antoine Casey they benched, and they finally let him play, and he finally learned how to play within himself and within the system. So he's pretty much had a great season, season and a half of work. I think he wanted to get paid this last off season, but like uh, we offered him something, but he just wanted to bet on himself, and he's just winning right now. With yeah, he's definitely winning. He was uh, drafted 2012. Also, uh, of course, from Coastal Carolina and from Greenwood. Okay, so that was that was a uh, a camp second year he came yeah, in then. Yeah, so definitely been a good good story, and he seems like a real entertaining guy from the interviews I've seen of him. So that's another thing. Now another question. I mean, we got a Panthers fan on, so I wanted to pose this to you as well. Kind of talking about the rivalry as Falcons fans. Av, it would be, I think it would be safe to say the Saints are is our they our most hated rival. Would you agree? Yeah, the Saints, are, the Saints are number one just because, I mean, if you look at it historically, these are the two uh, oldest franchises in the in the South as far as the NFL, so for pro football. So you talk about the Saints, two of the newest but oldest when they came in, and they we came in pretty close, you know, apart. This is the 50th year for the Falcons. I think the Saints are – their 50th is in a couple of years. So when you look at it, we both came in the same time. There's always been a, a, a long-standing rivalry between the Saints and Falcons. Um, but if you look at the Panthers, the Panthers is the closest. So, you know, as far as right up by 85. Um, so there's a lot of Panthers and Falcons fans back and forth. Like in Atlanta this week, seen a lot of blue, a lot of Cam Newton support. Obviously Cam Newton being from Atlanta and going to high school here and, and all the local ties. So, you know, the Saints are our biggest rival, but I would say that the, the Panthers are our closest. So when the Panthers are good, you feel it you know, just like you feel it with the Saints. So um, you, you've seen a lot of a lot of blue. I know I have just, you know, being around the city this week. Yeah, so with that said, Pat, who are the Falcons your almost hated rival, even though, you know, it, there's always the quote that one side, both teams have to be winning to make it a rivalry. But with that said, who's your biggest rival? Is it, is it Falcons is it, or is this just another division game? Or, of course, it's heated, as A.V. said, but. What's the magnitude of this rivalry uh, in your eyes? I always felt that with within the fan base, just because Charlotte's proximity to Atlanta, uh, our, you guys are always you guys are always going to be our biggest rival. Like, I, I believe the first game that we ever played was against y'all. First game we ever opened our new stadium was against y'all, and we lost both times. A lot of people, I, I guess, like kind of Charlotte's relationship with Atlanta. A lot of people, like Charlotte wants to be Atlanta, but I guess without all the headaches. And it's just, this is just, you know, we're kind of like little sister to y'all. So I guess with the fans, like we always, you know, want to show y'all up. 
but uh, I always felt on the field our biggest rivalry with the players was with the Bucks because we had some heated rivalries with the Bucks like in the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands. Like that was the team that we were trying to, you know. I mean, the Bucks were the class of the NFC South for a little bit because they won the Super Bowl with Gruden and all that, and that at Dungey. But that's a team that I guess we were trying to aspire beat to be for a while and beat. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thing. I never really thought about it from the Panthers' perspective, and now I know it's probably more the Bucks and the Falcons. But like the Bucks game, got, yeah. you always get up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, the Bucks. If the Bucks ever get good again, which they will, because James is doing really well down there, that that rivalry is going to come back. It's just been kind of down for a while because both of us we haven't really been doing well. Both franchises haven't been doing well, so. But uh, yeah, with the fans, I always felt the Falcons are the biggest rival on the field. The Bucks and the Panthers are the biggest rivals. There's a big rivalry there. So I kind of want to go back a little bit to the game. Uh, not much, not much more to say. We've kind of bro- broken down both sides, but I look at the Panthers defensively, and you know they they have a good pass rush. Of course, probably the best linebacker core in the league. They've drafted well over the past few years. Um, who is probably the key player you see on uh, defense? Is it going to be Josh Norman, or is it that linebacking core, or maybe up front with Coney Ely or Kawan Short? Based on what you know about the Falcons, and of course with the, what you know about the Panthers as well, who do you think is the key defensive player for you guys this weekend? It's going to be our defensive line because they're they're the ones that pretty much it's pretty much starts everything from there, like because. Even though Luke Keekley Luke is probably our most important defensive player, but we did go through a three-game stretch without him. We were able to farewell without him. I mean, it, it we do need him, but if needed to be, we unwell be able to fill in next man up. But, yeah, our, our two defensive tackles, K1 Short, Starla Tule, they're going to be key to, like, well, Short's been key to draw, uh, dialing up the pass rush from the inside. And then you also got big money, Charles Johnson and Jared Allen on the outside. So I say it, it starts from there and then it goes back. Yeah, every yeah everything always starts in the trenches. And, I mean, the Falcons have seen that. And the lack of a pass rush has really hurt the, the secondary and the linebacking core over the past couple of years. So hopefully we can get, like, the Panthers and find some drive well and get some pass rushes. Because it hasn't happened this year. Vic Beasley has been a disappointment thus far. Yeah, he got he has to get some weight on him and his moves aren't there. Of course he's a speed, yeah, Vic Beasley he's a speed rusher and he yeah. has a, he Beasley's ready. been I mean he, he has been a disappointment this year. I mean the off the defense has actually you know shown some some signs of improvement. I think, you know, one of the things we've talked about in the most recent podcast has been even though this defense has shown improvement has been the fact that there's just a lack of playmakers. A lack, right. a lack of depth. So when you don't have guys who can – when you don't have a, a great pass rusher, when you don't have a great linebacker, you don't have that great secondary guy, even though Trufant is a he's – a, he's a good corner, but he's not going to – because of our scheme, he's always going to be on one side of the field, kind of like how Richard Sherman was or is in Seattle. So he's not necessarily all over the field making picks or plays like that. So, you know, Vic Beasley – it's been a it's been a adjustment. You know, he had a couple of a couple of sacks earlier on in the season, but he's been uh, hasn't had anything really the last what two months, two and a half months, three months. So, yeah. uh, you know, he has definitely the, the production has tailed off. There've been some incidents, 
you know, where he hasn't gotten off the field on, you know, you know, where they have substitutions and package changes, that's been an issue. Um, he's committed some silly fouls that have, that have come back to hurt the Falcons. Um, so there's been some growing pains there with, with, with Vic. I think it's still early in his career to deem him a bust, but uh, the production has not been there at all. So it'd be nice if you could get one, you know, obviously play to Clemson. We've got a lot of people uh, in Charlotte with Clemson fans. It'd be nice to show out for the, some of his home fans up there, but uh, he to be, it, he's been a disappointment to me as far as what we've seen this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that as well. Um, Pat talked about the Panthers' key matchups. What do you think the Falcons' key matchup is to get the W this weekend or just something to watch, whether it be players or in the trenches or what do you have? Yeah, I think um, the Julio Jones-Josh Norman is going to be a very interesting matchup. You know, obviously uh, Josh Norman is – has played at an all-pro level all season, so and, and so has Julio. So um, that's going to be a matchup to watch. I think the other matchup to watch is going to be Luke Keekley versus Devontae Freeman. I know they're definitely going to be, you know, trying to shut down the run game and try to make us one-dimensional with all the struggles that Matt Ryan has had recently. You know, you shut down the run game and you force Matt Ryan to beat you the way he's playing this year, I think is a formula for success. So, you know, definitely look for those linebackers to probably play a little bit closer to the line. Um, we've talked about how talented the, the, the Panthers are um, defensively and obviously with their linebacker depth. Um, if they can shut down that run game, which you know they're going to be trying to do, and force Matt to throw the ball 40 to 45 times, that's, that's going to be a winning formula for the Panthers. You know, And that's what we've been seeing a lot recently, Matt throwing the ball 40 times, 45 times. That's not really what he should be doing for us to be successful, but he's had to do that, and it's backfired. So. Those two matchups, to me, are probably going to decide the game because if those are our two key offensive performers. So if Julio can't get on track because Josh Norman is either putting the clamps on him or, or because of how Matt has been shaky with interceptions, Matt doesn't really look his way. And then with Devontae, you know, he had a tough – it was his first game back from the concussion uh, last week against the, the Bucks. He never really got uh, anything going. If that happens again this week – you again put all the pressure on Matt to make plays, and he has not um, he has not adjusted well to, to being in that role. So those are probably my two top matchups. And if you're looking at it from the Panther side, um, you know Paul Warlow versus Cam Newton. You know obviously Cam is gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. You know uh, as the quarterback and as the, the key focal point for that offense. But can Paul Warlow? Can he spy him? Can he shadow him? Can he get in the backfield? Can he make some sacks? Um, you know, he's obviously going to be following Jonathan Stewart around too, so he's going to be key on Sunday. But uh, you know, I, I look at those probably the key matchups for both sides going into Sunday. All right, that's cool. Thank you for I those. Got a question to ask. Yeah, go ahead. Do you guys have an X factor for this week's game? Matt Ryan for me. We've he's been much maligned the past few weeks. And he just has to play a great game. I mean, I don't care if he throws an interception. That happens when you're making plays. But And you can't blame him for, for all the losses, as we said in our last episode. But I think he's going to have to play a crisp game. He's going to have to take care of the football and execute. We need him to play a great game to get the W. It's going to come down to Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan is my X factor for the Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, how, how the game went last year, you know, remember the Falcons were in the midst of a, a tough campaign. You know, Mike Smith, we were calling for his head, and the team was kind of going down the drain. But the Falcons put together a little bit of a run going toward the end of last season, and they got a win in Charlotte against the Panthers, you know, last year. So 
are they able to do that, you know, this year? You know, that remains to be seen. But as far as the X factor, I think it's Matt Ryan. I mean, I, I, like you said, Rome, he, he's been the talk in a negative sense. He's been the talk of the team, you know, uh, as the team has struggled, he has struggled. So it really begins and ends with Matt Ryan. So uh, if he can't make plays on um, on a consistent basis, if he can't control the clock, control the tempo of the game, then I definitely see this as being a loss. And I think it could get ugly if he's not able to play a, a smart a smart game, not just being reckless with the ball like he has been, but making the wrong decisions, which I think has been his issue recently. Yeah, and I thought you were going to actually mention the game in Atlanta that uh, lost the season for us, basically. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> where he threw two pick sixes. I, I still I think have, Trey Boston I still and have nightmares. I still have <laughs> so, nightmares on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that game pretty vividly. I just, it was a bad game, and I remember where man, I was I had, and everything, so it was bad. Man, I had I had friends over. We ordered pizza. Man, we we thought it was gonna be a playoff type atmosphere, but uh, whoa, we were we wrong <laughs> on that one. Yes. Oh man, it's probably his worst games. Oh, it was a great day around here. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great day around here. So y'all look good that day. Y'all look good that day. That's that's when uh, we was rolling. Um, Having I believe today. Me. I believe today is the accident, uh, the uh, anniversary of Cam Newton's accident. Hasn't right. Lost yeah. Since, or hasn't lost a regular season game since. So. Fourteen and zero since. Romeo gonna be a spoken for one of those one eight hundred call four one one or so one of those little little lawyer shows or something for uh, yeah, how he's played since then, man. So. Yeah. Definitely gonna be a good game. So we have our matchups. We point out some X factors and we talked offense and defense. Really quickly, give me a score prediction, uh, Pat, and then Av, you go ahead and give one as well. It's a division game. It's going to be close. Our, our team nicknamed Cardiac Cats. The joke around here is they never make the games easy. But I think it's going to be a close one. I'll say 30-26, Pampers. All right, 30-26. What about you, A.B.? Man, the Falcons have looked horrible. Uh, this is probably the worst I've seen them look since maybe, what, 2013? So <laughs> recent memory. Um, yeah, 1-5 in the last six. Um, it just seems like it's one soul-crushing turnover after another that leads to a, a, a loss. But I'm going to go with the upset because I can't go against my guys. If they lose, they'd be under 500. Since, and that'd be the first time they'd be under 500 all season. So I can't go against the Falcons, uh, even though the Panthers have looked very impressive, especially the last few weeks when they've just been blowing folks out. Uh, I'm going to go Falcons 27 to 25 over the Panthers, and Matt Ryan dabs in midfield and walks off. That's that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. Wow, it's not gonna be a get off our field situation again. Won't won't be that. He's wow. gonna dab and walk off the field. Now if that happens, if that really happens, and Matt, if Matt Ryan dabs, bro, I'll give you fifty dollars. Like that would be amazing to see that. I can't see him doing it, but it could be a get off our field moment. You know, if he would have dabbed at midfield, that'd be like when remember when T.O. Uh, went to Cowboys Stadium as a 49er, yeah. and he just ran to the middle of midfield, and then one of the, the Cowboys players came and pushed him off the star. I yeah, think it would be that team. kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> that. Well, I mean, after the game, I think you can't you can't push him, but wow, I can't. But I can't see Matt doing that. Matt wouldn't do that. <laughs> I can't see him. He's doing just that. you know he's just not that type of guy. He would have made me guy. so proud if he did that though. <laughs> 
You know, he's just he a classy guy at quarterback. You know I mean? If he did that around here, the pitch force will be out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow the dab has become our thing in Carolina now. I don't know how we stole it from y'all, but <laughs> well, you know what's <laughs> funny though? To the ground. As as the Panthers have made this run, I I kind of compared it to 1998. The With Falcons Dirty had the Dirty Bird. The dab is. Is the Panthers dirty bird? So it's crazy. We got like city council women around here doing the dab. We got people <laughs> making T-shirts. Like honestly, I think like Migos, man. If I was Migos, I should. They should have filed like a patent or something to get some residuals off of this. Exactly. Because <laughs> Cam took it through the roof. But uh, man, it's been a good. At least. Yeah, go ahead. At least some. I was gonna say at least do some benefit concerts or something up in Charlotte since it's it's all the rage right now. They might get a couple shows off of this. I'd love for them to perform at the game, but we know that's not gonna happen. Uh, nah, just, not just that on. Just a troll with Panther, uh, a troll Falcon fans just having Migos perform at halftime or something before the game, but nah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, with that owner Jerry Richardson, he's known to be, you know, a pretty conservative cat, but. Yeah, that would be funny. That would yeah, be we funny. got him dabbing too. <laughs> well, he can dab, but uh, you know, it wasn't. It didn't look good, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, have any of the uh, dabs by those people? Yeah, <laughs> have any of those dabs look authentic or good? You know, so <laughs> got to think about that. And Ron Rivera got it down. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all keep rolling and winning, but I, I think hopefully the Falcons in that win streak. This uh this Sunday and we'll be tuned in. Be a great weekend of football and see the Falcons get back on the winning track. I don't I don't know. I'm just gonna watch as a as a fan and take some notes so we can come back next week on Bird Bros and and do it again and hopefully talk just, well about the squad. It just gets nervous each game now because you just don't know is this the week. Yeah, with the, the win streak. Yeah, it's just like. Because you know any team can beat anybody any 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 week, and then like we've had so many close calls, and then you just like ah okay, there's like not one team you're like ah oh, I, I I can accept losing to this team because you know some people that fans of that team they're gonna run their mouth, so like th- this week this is I think one I think one post to distinguish now say like this is hate week, you know we can't we can't lose y'all. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing, too, about the fact that it's a division game, if you look at the games that y'all have had that have been close, it's been division games, the, both Saints games and the Bucks game. Uh, so that, the Bucks game got out of hand. Yeah, I guess the, the final score looked a little – made it look – you know, it was more out of yeah, hand. But, a little more cosmetic. But, yeah, it was out of hand after but, a while. Yeah, but, you know, if, if you've got teams that you're familiar with that you play and, you know, yeah. you see them a lot, then – you would at some point hope that those games would be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more competitive, just because you see them so much all the time. But yeah, I expect uh, this game we'll to be very competitive because, like, one, yeah, like you said, it's a division game, and two, it's just kind of, just kind of how we play. Even it goes back from Rivera to John Fox to even Dom Capers. Like, we just always had conservative coaches that play close to the vest. It's just now we're finally starting to win, learn how to win in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that definitely is something that that good teams have to learn how to win. I mean, you say they called the, the Panthers the cardiac cats, and the Falcons were very much like that in other uh, winning seasons. 2012 is one we always bring up where every game is like comes down to one play or a, a last drive, and that's nerve-wracking as a fan, <laughs> definitely, man. 
But you know, good teams, you know, you find a way to win. That's the saying that everybody says. Good teams find a way to win. Sometimes it's lucky, sometimes it's skill and yeah. I know I've seen a couple games where the Panthers are like, yo, they this might they might get that first L but Yeah, I have conversations all the time with boys that like, you know, like they like, I don't want to go in the playoffs undefeated. They need to get a loss, so you know, you don't want you want to be trending down instead of trending up. But I mean, you got a chance at a perfect season. Why not? Yeah, go for it. Go for it, yeah. So that that's another thing we'll probably talk about on the next uh next, next time we talk with a Panthers fan. We'll probably have you back on if you're available. But uh it'll be week seventeen is like should they go for it or should they rest their players? That'll be you know, if the streak is still going, that'll be something worth worth talking yeah. about. I'm sure like, it'll be like everywhere. Say, yeah, like we say around here, just trying to take it one game at a time. <laughs> that's said everywhere, worldwide. <laughs> Athlete cliches and coach cliches and everything, but yo, Pat, thanks for for joining us, man. Do you have any uh, social media you you want to share, or you know, you just keeping it low key? Uh, I think I'm just gonna keep it low key for right, right now. It's all good. It's all good. We just give everybody the opportunity. Well, yeah, man. I appreciate y'all for having, let me let me on short notice. Um, wish I was a little more prepared, but oh no, I no, you it. definitely definitely held it down. I'm sure your fellow Panthers fans will be uh proud where you held it down and. Uh, we'll, your, see. Your and <laughs> we'll see. Now they they rooting you on on the college. Um, we looking at it real time while we doing the show, and they're like, "Who's on there? Who's on there?" So, yeah, no, I haven't. They, yeah, they I shot haven't looked, you down. You down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't looked back at the thread. I was just trying to look at the talking points, but uh, yeah. yeah, you you I, held it down, man. We appreciate you coming on, like you said, on short notice, and we got a lot of people that listen every week, so we appreciate everybody listening. Av, thanks again for for joining me uh, as a co-host again, and. Everybody check us out. We're on uh, a lot of different mediums. Media is probably mediums. I like to be grammatically correct. But uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. You can search uh, Bird Bros. We're on there. Follow us on Twitter, at Bird Bros. We're on Facebook. SoundCloud is uh, where we post our streaming links online. We're in the iTunes store. Subscribe, rate, uh, shoot us a comment. Shoot us an email, birdbros at gmail.com. We love feedback, comments. Was the sound quality off? Y'all didn't talk about X, Y, Z. Hey, let us know. We'll talk about it. We love interacting with fellow fans. Thank you for the Panthers fans who listened to this episode. Uh, we love interacting with even with the rivals. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. And I uh, have a great night. Get times needed God to carry me like when I found success but lost my family in the process. I will not let you have handle me looking for some guidance. So I figured I pray to God and he said, Tigger, no, I ain't let you run it back this far just so you could go and fumble on the wall.